so what we're talking about today is uh, the kind of like the great controversy going on in our lives of all the decisions we have to make. Uh, so we're living in a war zone, and we want to know how to get through this uh, successfully. So let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the path that you have brought us on thus far. Thank you for the future that you have planned for us. I pray that you would empower us with your spirit. We know that you have all the power that can change us within, and we ask for that. We ask for your transformation in our lives. Uh, help us during this hour to grasp what your Holy Spirit would have us to hear and help us to take that and embrace it in our lives and want to share it with the world. We pray and amen. Hey, Vicki, let's get you, get us started. From right. wanting, From to, wanting winning. to winning. It's not just about wanting it. We got to want it, but we want to win it oh, as well. Oh, yes. Quite some time ago, I decided I needed a lot less wishbone and a lot more backbone. How, what do you say? <laughs> and, and so I'm so thankful that over these next few days, not only are we going to learn practical uh, tools, but we're going to learn powerful tools. And it's time for me to get your little thing here so our little friend can, can hear this. Thank you. Okay. So pa practical, powerful, personal tools. And so sometimes folks will look at us and say, oh, you know, you kind of look like a librarian. You're kind of thin. You've probably got your clothes all lined up according to color. And, she does. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but the truth is, uh, I started running away from home when I was five. And by 11, I was in really big trouble and very bad inside and out, uh, just in a lot of trouble. And developed bulimia. I was a runaway. I used drugs, smoking, the whole thing. Ran away for good when I was 17. So. Uh, I'm just here to tell you, I was bulimic for 20 years. I was about 25 pounds thinner than I am right now. But isn't God good? He is, he's in the business of turning miracles into messes. And when I gave my heart to God, I... The other it, way around. Messes into miracles. What did I say? Miracles into messes. Okay, so my brain is still healing um, from all of that. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. Sometimes it does feel that way, but it's actually this beautiful refining process. Right, Evelyn? Yes. So when I gave my heart to God, uh, it, it, was, uh, it wasn't about love for God. I didn't know him really yet. I just came to him because of my need. Isn't that why we come to him? We love because he first loved, loved us. us. And then as, his, as he gets acquainted with us through his word, as his presence is in our life, then we grow to love him. But when I first gave my heart to him, I just wanted to be done with the bulimia. I wanted to be, and I had plenty of degrees. I used to hide in libraries. And, and that didn't help. All the knowledge didn't help. All the power didn't help. All, all of the personal pushing didn't help. Uh, but only God can help us. Amen? But then we need tools. We need tools to be able to recover. But my prayer to God when he delivered me from the bulimia was, Lord, now I know who's the big one in the room. How many of you want to serve the big one in the room that's going to win this thing? Okay, me too. And I said, uh, this was my prayer. I am giving my heart to you. I'm giving everything that I have to you. I was 31 years old, hadn't really read the Bible, didn't know very much. And I said, um, but here's the, here's the string I'm attaching. I just want to spend the rest of my life paying the devil back for what he did. That was my prayer. It wasn't a nice one. But he still heard me, and now I'm in the business of putting him out of business. 
Uh, and I just praise God for that. And that's why Evelyn and I have committed that we will never separate the gospel from the health message. That's why we bring you the speakers we do. That's why we have the emphasis we do. And we're never going to get any traction until God is in the center of all that we teach and all that we do. Jesus is coming soon. You can get information off the web on nutrition. But God has given us a special message to share, a special message of hope and preparation for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we are in a battle, just like Evelyn said, and that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. When, uh, when we put our, our, our books together, we have three, a three-book special today that you're just really not going to want to miss. For the price of one book, you're getting three. When we were putting our book together, Living Free, we worked with a research team. The name of the book is Living Free, Finding Freedom from Habits that hurt. And what we realized as we did research on that 300-page book on addictions, and we'll get a setup here and show you pretty soon, another book called Simple Solutions, uh, Diet and Stress on Depression, Nutrition, and Immune Function, and then a third book um, called Foods for Thought, Nutrition's Link with Mood, Memory, Learning, and Behavior. We are acutely aware of these brain-body systems, and we're really going to talk about that a lot today. But when our research team was doing the work on addictions, whether it's gambling, food, porn, substance, uh, entertainment, traps, shopping, whatever the addiction is, the learning and addicted brain, the addicted brain is fighting hard, but the addicted brain needs to learn to fight what? Smart. We've got to fight smart. How many of you want to fight smart? All right, so that's what we're going to look at today, from wanting to winning, from wishbone to backbone. And by the way, this week, one of my favorite topics we're going to be sharing is called Mindset Matters, how to develop the mental metal to tunnel through trouble. How many of you would like better, re better mental resources to tunnel through hard times? Because that's when we get into this eat a whole Sara Lee cheesecake syndrome. Uh, so, and I get that real well. So we do have a very serious health pandemic in the United States today. And bad eating habits start when? They start early. In fact, children are at risk for type 2 diabetes, little children at risk. We see fatty streaks, which are the precursors to coronary artery disease in six-month-old babies. Six-month-old babies. The nutrition of the mother and affects the uh, baby. Heart disease high blood pressure, learning problems, coronary artery disease, mood disorders. So uh, one out of every three children born in the year 2000, so they're 18 years old now, they're, they're young adults, uh, uh, is in either prediabetes or diabetes. Their life expectancy may be 45 or 50 years old and their parents will outlive them because their diabetes and prediabetes began in childhood. So the battle is not for the bulge. It's for the brain. It's not about weight control. It's about appetite control, and that's a brain thing. That's why these quick and easy solutions that you see on the web, you know, you just buy these raspberry drops and it's going to burn belly fat or all these things. No, it takes time and perseverance to win the battle on five different battle fronts. How many of you would like to know what those five battle fronts are? That's what we're going to examine in the next few minutes. So in the United States, these are statistics from the CDC. 64% of the population, overweight or obese, 
120 million overweight, 60 million obese, and 9 million morbidly obese. That number is much larger now, um, actually, and it's the fastest growing category of obesity. It's 100 pounds or more overweight. Now let's look at some obesity trends. These are obesity maps, and the darker the color, the higher the percentage of obesity in the United States among adults only. We're not even considering the teens and the kids now. So 10 to 14 percent is the darkest uh, color here. That is in 1985. Let's just look at these maps. Here we go, 1990, 1995, we have a new category, 15 to 19 percent of the population in those states, overweight or, over, or obese. 2000, we have a new category. This is just five years later. You know, we talk about genetics. But we don't reproduce like rabbits. Uh, and, and so it's like one coronary uh, artery specialist said. He said 90% of Americans need quadruple bypass. They need to bypass Wendy's, bypass Hardee's, bypass Pizza Hut, bypass Dunkin' Donuts. Now watch this. 2005, new categories, 25 to 30%, over 30%, obese or morbidly obese. And now we go to 2011, we have another category, more than 35% of the population of these states, uh, obese or morbidly obese. That's quite stunning progression in just a few years. And it really is a war zone out there. We go to the Lord, we pray, we, we, we pray for his power. Is that something that we should do? We, we claim his promises. Is that what we should do? Yes, but there's something missing. His power is strong. His promises are true. But if I pray for deliverance from depression and lethargy all day long, and I sit on the couch and eat ding-dongs, I'm just not going to get much traction. We also have to enter into his what? Plan. So we need his promises. We need his power. But we also must understand his plan and practical, personal ways to implement it. I think of people in the, in the Christian community that are praying about these things and they have medical problem after medical problem after medical problem and depression and anxiety and all these issues going on that may have strong roots in lifestyle or can at least be dialed down through positive lifestyle and they don't know how to get their miracle. And God is waiting to use you to reach them with a full gospel message before he comes. Amen? So he wants to reach you to reach them. That's what he wants to do. And that's what motivates me to stay healthy. It's not about living 15, 20 years longer. That's okay, but things are pretty bad around here on this old planet. My motivation for obedience to the laws that I violated for so many years, living a total life of discouragement and abandonment, my whole motivation is to reach souls for Jesus Christ so that I have the energy to think about somebody besides myself. Amen? So your environment is what surrounds you. Your environment is what surrounds you. Your culture is what pressures you. It may be your nationality. It may be some customs within your nationality. It may be your work environment, your school environment, your social circle. It may be your family. And so we do have cultural pressures. I did a program one night at a church, and it was called Digestion, a Churning Question. It's really fun. I think it's a cute title, Digestion, a Churning Question. Anyway, we went through, as part of that program, these areas, these five areas, 
And at the end, I said, what particularly spoke to you uh, this evening about these areas of battle and the things that we need to do to confront and address uh, the, the areas in our lives that need strengthening? And some lady just shot up her hand. And she said, my relatives are not going to tell me what to do anymore. Watch out, relatives. <laughs> but we want to be kind and sweet. Amen? So your culture is what pressures you. And there are strategies for actually making a difference in the culture in which you live in a non-offensive way, where you can actually be an influence for God in those situations. Amen? Your biology is what? What? It is what changes you. So what, in Ministry of Healing, we're told that what begins as perhaps a moral situation, or we do things out of ignorance, soon become a condition. Our biology changes. And so now we're fighting a war against our own biology when we try to make changes because your gut microbiome, your bacteria, call you to continue to do what you have been doing. The, the hormones and peptides produced in your stomach because of what we've been eating, the genetic changes in the tongue and taste buds, the cortical areas of the brain, these things the metabolic changes in fat cells, all of these things call you. They call you. And so you have to wage war against your own biology until you win and your biology changes in accordance with what's good for you. Does that make sense? So now, I love what Evelyn says. She says it in a really easy way. We want you and God wants you to crave the good stuff. How many of you want to crave the good stuff. There is a biology to cravings, and when you understand it, you can fight smart instead of just fighting hard. So your biology is what changes you. Your brain is what drives you. That's where, uh, that's where we initiate behavior. And over time, there are changes in the brain with a diet that is the chips, chops, and lollipops type of lifestyle. It affects very specific areas of the brain that you can see under imaging. So we pray for insight, don't we? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it will be what? It will be given him insight. What is insight? What is it? Dr. Zeno called it something yesterday. Wisdom. He called it wisdom. And so we have insight. Foresight is a brain activity. So foresight is the ability to predict what's going to happen if you do a certain thing. Hindsight is retroactive learning. And so these are very important brain functions that are organic. They're organic. So insight, foresight, hindsight, oversight. Oversight is the part of you that monitors yourself. Do we need strong faculties in order to be able to govern our own behavior? Now, here's what happens with a diabetogenic diet, where we're eating too many fats, too many refined carbs, we're sluggish, we're not moving. Those areas of the brain are compromised. So 20 years before memory loss begins to occur, those areas that govern the ability to initiate new behavior are compromised. So do you see how just an understanding of this you can now approach your healing of appetite as if you would approach having a broken leg or a big new replacement or a hip replacement that I got in January. I had to have a strategy for getting strong again. So do you need a strategy for getting your brain back? 
How many of you want a strategy for getting back your brain? Those are faculties. You see, as God's people, we know that you don't have a soul. You are a soul. And the brain is the hardware of your soul. And I want it back. I want everything that sin has broken and taken away from me. How about you? So we want you to start going for a soul stroll every day because the number one quickest, fastest way to begin to build that brain energy back so you can make decisions and stick with them is exercise. And what's the first thing you don't want to do when your cells are resistant to glucose? What's the last thing on your list to do? You don't want to do it. It doesn't feel like it. The weather's not perfect, but what's the first thing you need to do to rebuild that brain? You need to get out and exercise. Evelyn, I'm not right where Evelyn is uh, on this. She says there is no bad weather, just bad clothing. She's tough. She looks all sweet and kind. She's a tough one. So your brain is what drives you, and I want mine back, and I want you to get yours back. So successful people are not mistake-free. They just refuse to give up. Amen? If you're going to fail, fail forward. And spiritual, that's who leads you. Most people in our Christian communities, they only know this. They do not know these connections. Does God want to use you today, give you a testimony, and send you out as his worker to do the final reaping? How many of you say, yes, yes, I want to be used by you, God, no matter how bad my condition is right now. You, you can put me on that forward path. If he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. So your battle must be bought, fought on every front. Your environment is what surrounds you. The environment around you influences what you eat, how much you eat, when you eat, how much you move. So you've got to have a plan. Work your plan. Plan your work. Work your plan. It's, we can be so anonymous in our habits, can't we? We're anonymous. Anonymous. So food, just like media, just like internet, just like pornography, there are no boundaries. It's timeless, and it's, it's isolated, and you're alone. And so, so food or any of these addictive things, they're available anytime, anywhere, for any reason. And the marketing makes these foods cheap, calorie-dense, oversized portions, and highly flavored. And so when we think of a value meal, what do you think of when you think of a value meal? You think of McDonald's. But what's the other meaning of value? Quality. You know, I look at my little five-year-old grandson, and he does this all the time. I think, where did he get that? Where did he get that? So if you want to tell me after the program where, did he got, where he got that, please let me know. This is a strawberry shake. Look at this. That is a strawberry shake. Now, it is true that a lot of these chemical esters are actually flavor compounds, flavor molecules that are found in real strawberries. But do you see a strawberry anywhere in there? So it's chemical trickery to trick your brain into having a highly, uh, uh, a highly hedonic or flavorful, just, just smacking the pleasure center so that a real strawberry doesn't even taste good. And so this is a retraining process of the brain and body. Okay, I need a volunteer to come help me. Please, thank you. Thank you. Right up here, and we're going to take a look at something. Now, I think a couple of you may have seen this demo, but if you have seen it before, then you are learning it so you can teach it, right? Tell me your name again. George Ann, where are you from? Indiana. Indiana. Well, thank well welcome to Michigan. We're glad you're here. Now, I doubt that you're 
consuming too many of these. And no, you don't even go there, but we have neighbors. You have neighbors that don't know about some of these things. So we're going to check this out. We've been asked to wear this. Okay, uh, here we have sugars. How many sugars do you see here? 46 grams. Now, does that mean anything to anybody here? How many grams of sugar is in one teaspoon? Four, absolutely. There's four grams in a teaspoon. So we got to do a little math. We'll let them do it. 46 divided by 4 would be 11 and a half. So if you would hold this for me, we're going to count together. I want to hear it nice and loud. Here we go. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 and a half. Okay, that's about a fourth cup, isn't it? Okay, what if you were to put this much sugar on your cereal in the morning? What would your people say? Whoa. Yum. <laughs> okay, somebody said yum. We what do would your have detention, say? detention, detention. Okay, not even a chef. <laughs> so this is the amount of sugar in one serving. So what's the next question? How many servings? How many servings do you think are in here? Two and a half? Let's see, servings per container. Three servings in here. So you're supposed to share this with two other friends. You think that they're doing that? This a, it's a, um, it's a liter. A liter, yeah. That's 170. In each, wow. in each serving. Right. Yeah. Okay, so how many more do we need? Two. 11 and a half and 11 and a half. 23. Okay, I already did the measuring. So this is how much sugar is in one bottle of this soda. Now the new labeling is, is supposed to show how much is in the whole bottle. So that's something that's new with the new labeling. But now on these, it only shows a smaller amount and people look at that and go, well, you know, I really don't know what that means anyway. So this is how much would be in one bottle. What happens when you drink this much sugar? And there, some people have another kicker with it. What do, they, what do they have with these things? Candy bars. Candy bars, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and then in this, you've got another kicker. What is that? Caffeine. Caffeine, yeah. This is the one with the highest caffeine in it, isn't it? In the, uh, so that's the highest of them. My husband called it Mountain Don't. Mountain Don't. Yeah, yeah that's a better name for it, isn't it? Yeah. So what happens when we consume this much sugar? Let's give you a nice big hand. Thank you very much. Uh, one of the things that industry knows about neuroscience is that when they can get as much sugar as possible in there, that it creates what they call the bliss factor. That when you consume a high sugar, high fat, high salt, that you have this experience of going, whoa, you know, and, uh, and it keeps bringing you back. If they put one more teaspoon of sugar in here, it would be grainy. So they have figured out how to put as much as possible. And, but once you get hooked on this stuff, it's tough, isn't it? Has anybody overcome the sugar habit? You have done that, yeah. And it's not always an easy journey, but it is possible to do that, isn't it? Yes. So we continue to drink more water. We eat more of these complex carbohydrates that we're talking about. But not only does this affect blood sugar levels, making them swing around, 
but, but it also affects how much the, the insulin that's, that's circulating and what's going on in the brain. And that one of the worst things it does as well is it causes inflammation as well as high fat. And this inflammation is the root of lifestyle disease. Got a lot of calories going in, you've got some swinging blood sugars affecting hormones, inflammation going on, and, uh, and so it's a mind-body experience. Evelyn? Yes. And we learned from Dr. Zeno yesterday that the high fructose uh, content actually increases fatty liver so that exercise to get rid of that mid-body fat, it's more difficult. It's harder to get rid of the fatty liver. And, and by doing this high fructose corn syrup, that is one of the things that contributes to a high fatty liver as one sees in alcoholism. So we're going to be addressing what do we do with this craving for sugar mm -hmm. that uh, our culture, our society, we, that we've gotten trapped into this biology of craving these foods and how do you change them. And as we consume fats and sugars, as, as Vicki mentioned, the, the bacteria in your gut begin to grow the ones that love sugar and fat. So you feed that microbiota and uh, those, those microbiota that love sugar and fat continue to grow and that begins to affect many things, but one thing is the appetite. And it says, I want more of that. So you're fighting a biological mm -hmm. battle. It's not just about a choice, but it's about a craving that's biological. And so we go at that smart. And the way you, you go about it smart is to increase more of the unrefined carbohydrate. We're getting rid of the refined carbohydrates like sugar and white flour products, and we're going to increase the, the unrefined, as we've been learning from Chef Mark Anthony. So um, um, we're going to be talking about more on fiber in just a minute, but would you continue, and then we'll get to the fiber sure. in just a minute. Sure. What? It's a liter. Oh. Yeah, the liter is, uh, uh, is about 32 ounces. How many, how many teaspoons did we have all together there? 35-ish, right? Mm -hmm. So there's about a teaspoon of sugar per ounce in, in the soda. I worked with a lady in California, Evelyn, that was drinking 10 of those a day. She'd start a, start a fight with her husband so she could leave and go get her drinks. Um, and so it's really serious. These addictions are real, as we'll see uh, in a few minutes. All right, so your battle must be fought on every every single front. And it's going to be different for different ones of us. So your culture is what pressures you. Culture is your what? Your social context. Have you ever gone into a social event with the absolute resolve that you were going to make healthy choices and then when you became exposed to these sweet, fatty, creamy foods, you just one bite and you were just down the tubes. Have you ever had that happen? I think it's probably happened to most of us. And so learning how to navigate through a social context because our defenses go down. We don't just eat food, we relate to people. And food is more than just Nutrition. So learning how to navigate through these cultural, uh, the cultural pressure and the, the draw and temptation of these addicted food, addictive food can be quite challenging at times. It is making choices based on what you think about your food. What do you, there are people, I have wonderful friends who actually think if they put out healthy food that it's not going to taste good and that it's just not going to be as desirable to, to, the, to his guests. 
And so is that actually true? No, no. And so, uh, and so we have to re-educate our own thinking to be a blessing, a blessing. So for instance, for dessert, what I've learned to do it, when I have a social event at my home, I, I may have a, a, a beautiful, or for a light supper, I may have a, a very beautiful long spread of different fruits, grapes and walnut pieces and, and different cuts of fruit that are available all throughout the table. And I may sprinkle just sprinkle a few little bits of maybe a very dark chocolate or just tiny little pieces. So what does that picture tell you when you enter my home? What does it tell you the focus is? What is the focus of that meal? It's the fruits and it's the beautiful walnuts and with a garnish of a minuscule amount of maybe a piece of a cookie or something along those lines. Are you with me? How we can actually take a... We do, I do something working with the obese, um, there's something called the flip it principle. We're used to having two, a pint of ice cream. How much is a pint? Two cups, two cups. We'll have a pint of ice cream with a strawberry on top, right? So if you flip it, what would that look like? It would look like two cups of strawberries, right? With a tiny teaspoon of, of ice cream on top to give you just that mouth feel but then you are actually retraining. What are you retraining? You're retraining your taste buds, you're retraining your brain, you're not feeling deprived, you're getting, the, you're getting satiety three ways. You're getting, you're getting volume satiety, you are getting nutritional satiety, and you are getting cellular satiety. But you've got to fight with your biology while that shift is taking place. It's also making choices about what other people think about your food. <laughs> So we do want to make our meals attractive and colorful and palatable. So your biology is what changes you. And I think this is very fascinating. And it has helped me to carve a course in my own life to help me move forward. And there are certain foods that after all these years, walking with the Lord and being health ministries director, that I just simply do not bring into my home. Because here's how you know if you're a food addict. You know if you're a food addict, if there's something brought into the house and you cannot stop thinking about it. You know how many are in the package, you know who's eating them, and you're mad at your husband if he gets the last piece. That's how you know that that is an item that you should not have in your house, amen? So strong biological shifts really do occur. So for instance, when you drink a drink like Evelyn was showing us, it releases peptides in the stomach, it's called neuropeptide Y, that actually shouts at you, I'm hungry, feed me. And these, these uh, artificially sweetened drinks do the same thing. Artificially sweetened drinks are an independent risk factor for type 2 diabetes. People who use artificial drinks consume about 200 calories or more or more a day than people who do not use them. And we are, as a people, consuming about 600 calories, about 585 calories more than our grandparents. And I don't think we're moving more than they did. Amen? And so these, you, you drink this drink, and it shoots up, I'm hungry. I'm hungry signals. But then you wash, you, you're washing down a fatty burger and fries and maybe a piece of pie along with that drink. And that dials down leptin. Your body can't hear the leptin, which is produced in your fat cells, it can't hear it. And leptin says, I've had enough. So you're eating a meal 
that tells you you're more hungry and silences, I've had enough. That's something I don't want you to forget when you leave this room. We think everything is psychological, but a lot is what? Biological. Biological. So when this shift happens, do you remember, Dr. Zeno, I never knew that I was going to be a molecule of glucose yesterday. Do you remember when he went and grabbed the glucose, turned it, and brought it into the cell? Well, when we have this condition of eating these fatty, sweetie, sweet foods, the glucose, which gives you energy, can't get into the cells. So the first symptom you feel when you begin to have insulin resistance is what? Fatigue. You're fatigued. And exercise begins immediately to reduce that, as well as what Evelyn does as a dietitian, which is she puts her diabetics on complex carbohydrates for several days. Just complex carbohydrates. But here are the symptoms that this biologic shift has taken place. It is fatigue. What else? Let's say it together. Inflammation. inflammation Body-wide inflammation. Insulin resistance. That means the insulin can't get the glucose into the cells. This happens in the brain also. That's why Alzheimer's disease, one of the pathways to Alzheimer's is insulin resistance. And it is called type 3 diabetes. Uh, cravings and elevated stress hormones. Oh, that's fun. That's what we need, a little more stress, right? And when we're stressed and fatigued and in a poor mood, what do we crave? Sugar, caffeine, some comfort food. And so it creates this vortex of, of bodily uh, uh, disaster, bodily disease, destruction, inflammation, depression. And so this is what we need to begin to reverse. And over the next couple of days, we're going to talk about the, the fast path to begin to reduce this entire process. So high intake of these sweetened beverages, as I said, not only adds excess calories, but it also increases what? Hunger signals. It overrides appetite control. Somebody was asking us yesterday about those zero-calorie drinks that are sweetened. Well, guess what? It does what? It increases hunger signals. It overrides appetite control. So that's not to, you know, if you're, if you're climbing Mount Everest, you know, be my guest. Have a sweet drink. That, you know, if, if, but you see how we, we just, the problem is we're having a birthday party for breakfast, Christmas for lunch, Thanksgiving for dinner, 4th, 4th of July before we go to bed. Plenty of fireworks, uh, not the kind we want. Nervous energy, stimulation, but not real strength. How many of you want real strength instead of artificial stimulation that leaves you tense and fatigued? You know, if you're tense, you could go for a run. If you're fatigued, you can take a nap. But sugary drinks make you tense and fatigued, so you're a big grouch. Crash diets don't work. Dieting sows the seeds of what? Its own destruction is actually predictive of weight gain. We don't want you starving yourself. We don't want you going on severely limited caloric uh, programs, unless you're one of those people Dr. Zeno described yesterday that you just got to do something that makes you really suffer in order to feel like you, you know, you're gaining uh, the victory. Your battle has to be fought for the brain. We want our brains back. We want that oversight strengthened. We want insight. We want hindsight so that we can learn from our mistakes. And there's another one. Oversight, insight, hindsight. Come on, guys. Were you listening? Oh. Oversight, hindsight, insight, foresight. foresight. Yeah, that's right. What's going to happen when I eat that whole Sara Lee cheesecake? I tell you, with the food addictions, and I know this from experience, there is a nostalgia factor. We have a young fellow that is uh, 
having a wonderful uh, experience overcoming some addictions in his life. And as he's gone through counseling, he has learned about this thing called the nostalgia factor. So we think of that setting we were in. We had that experience. You, you, know, you just curled up on the couch and watched Desperate Housewives and ate that whole thing, whatever it was. And then you went shopping. And then what, then what happens? Then you feel sick. Then the bill comes in. Then you're sluggish. Then you're throwing up. Then, you know, so we have this nostalgia about what this thing is going to do for us, but what's the reality? Let's start reconnecting what really happens when we do those things. Amen? That's cutting that nostalgia factor. So this is really interesting from Charles Billington. As we develop the full understanding of the neuroregulation of appetite, I think the addictive nature of foods will what? Come clear. These addictions can develop at various stages of life, and they are very, very powerful. He's at the Association for the North American Association for the Study of Obesity. I don't think any of us would question that or feel that we need another study to prove it. Amen? Low-carb diets are not good for your brain. Not good. Your brain thrives on glucose. And in addition, trans fats, animal fat, and hydrogenated oils gum up the works. That's from Dr. John Rady, a neuropsychiatrist, or a psychiatrist from Harvard University. So winning the battle of the environment, it takes what? Time and perseverance. Here is the patience, endurance, perseverance of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. It is only through faith in him, it is only through his faith, his strength, his grace, that we can do any of this. I have learned that whatever I need for every day, I borrow from God. If I'm not cheerful, I borrow his joy. If I need energy, I borrow his. If I need to have hope, I borrow it from God. He is the God of hope. He is the God of truth. He's the God of mercy. He's a God of justice. He is the God of all the things that we need. And whatever you need, you can borrow for your circumstance. Amen? And that's how, the only way we can persevere. Perseverance is the key. We want everything to be fast, quick, easy. But there are no drive-through breakthroughs. You can drive through and get your prescription. You can drive through and get your groceries. But there are no drive-through deliverances. Deliverance happens when you are praying in the midnight hour and you feel like going out and getting a triple shake and the Lord has you holding on to a table leg praying, and then you learn how to do right when you feel wrong. That's a miracle. Just because it doesn't feel like God is there doesn't mean he isn't. The discipline of doing right is a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle when I have had a rotten day at work, and I'm tired, and somebody wrote a letter, or whatever it is. You know, she goes like this too much at her meetings, whatever it is. And, and, and I just... I'm telling my, you know, you deserve a break today. And I just, drive, I just drive past that place and I get home and I have some mango and fresh popcorn and go for a soul stroll. It's a miracle. And those are the miracles we've got to have. They don't feel like miracles, but it is a miracle. And pretty soon that miracle becomes what we want and what we crave and what we do by habit. But it takes time and it takes perseverance, amen? And that doesn't mean we're never going to have anything sweet again, but I'm not going to tell, I am not going to let a piece of apple pie tell me what to do ever again. Amen. So, what are the strategies? Well, we saw some stuff this morning. Dejunk your house. Don't shop. Have you ever shopped when you're hungry? It's like stay away from that, the middle of the store. You got to shop the Department of Defense. 
It's the produce department. That's why they call them phytochemicals. Amen? And sometimes when I'm driving home, I'm hungry. The day's been too long. I have cravings. I'm lonely. There's problems. You know, I'm having a little pity party. Nobody's attending. That's a bummer. But knowing that I have something ready in my refrigerator that's going to be satisfying, that will take me five minutes to put together, uh, is going to get me home. It's going to get me home. It, it, it just makes a huge difference. And I speak to you as a person that had, my husband told me once, my husband Dane, he's deceased, and I, I wait for him. Uh, that, that I can't wait to see him in the second coming. Godly man. He told me one time, he said, Vicki, I think your, your motto is ready, shoot, aim. He said, do you ever think about anything before you speak or act? And really, in the old days, the answer was no. And now it's most of the time. <laughs> Don't shop when hungry. Plan ahead. If you make a mistake, just go, what was I thinking? What happened? What's a new strategy? What can I do? Don't give up. Amen? Keep fighting. Plan ahead. Pack ahead. Boy, what a great thing. There's so many cool containers and little ice things you can freeze. And, it's just so fun to be healthy and to find ways to, to just figure out how to do your lifestyle. And I, because I live alone, I don't buy huge amounts of things and fill my refrigerator with it. I buy pre-cut stuff that's in these packages that has all kind of great things in it. And, and I buy a few wraps and I get some of that seasoned tofu, which you're going to see. And, and I got a whole meal waiting for me at home. And it's two minutes. Boom. Just like that. So. Read labels. We're going to do that today. Don't go there. Have you seen the back room of some doctor's offices? I held an addiction program back there one time for nurses and doctors. They had a trash bin this high, this big around, full of liters of soda pop. There was some kind of weird cake back there and pastrami. And, and I asked my nurse friend, I said, what do you do? She said, I just don't even go back there. <laughs> I just get stuck in the weeds if I go back there. So that's tough. It's tough stuff. That's where the visiting and the socializing takes place. So what do you have to do when you're in a situation like that? What do you do? You've got to bring not only your own stuff, but something to share and some balance magazines. <laughs> I had a doctor that helped me with my migraines, and he was 50 pounds overweight. One time I, he, he had to do some stuff on my head and a surgery thing for my migraine, and I was loopy when I got out of the surgery, but I wasn't that loopy. And he came in to hold my hand, and see if I was okay. And I said, Doc, I won't let anybody touch my neck but you, so you got to lose 50 pounds, and I got the book that's going to help you do it. I said, so you got to stick around. And you know what? He has lost 50 pounds. <laughs> yeah, just, well, so with plant foods, more is better. Amen? That's a good thing. Eat only at mealtime. Limit sugars and sweets. And, it, you know, and uh, what's the name of that book? Uh, Bright Line. Bright, Bright line. line eating. Bright line eating. If you've got a true addiction, a carbohydrate addiction, you just got you got to even like you're not doing this. You're not doing the limit thing because you know it doesn't work. You're going to tell yourself you're going to be okay, but you're going to eat the whole package. So it's just not an option. What I tell myself in situations like that, not an option. Let's say that right now. Not an option. Okay? It didn't work last time. It hasn't worked for the last 18 years. So it's not going to work today. Amen? Limit fat and fatty foods, except the healthy fats are awesome. Evie will talk about that tomorrow. Watch portion sizes. Okay, I want you to just stand up for a minute. Wake up your lipoprotein lipase. Let's just do a little movement. You know, just standing up and walking around a chair and sitting down kind of does it. Let's just do a little of this, up like this. Yep. Little. Can you go forward out without punching your people in the front? Yeah. All right, have a seat. Uh, it doesn't take much just to wake up just to wake up that fat-burning enzyme, just standing up, walking around a chair. 
about 20 to 30 minutes, you want to get up and walk around. Okay, this is the answer. This is my favorite thing to talk about because it is miraculous. It is miraculous what increasing fiber can do for your body, your brain, your emotions, your, uh, even the way we treat each other. Because we feel better and we're probably a little bit more patient, helps us be more re stress resilient when we eat these kinds of foods. So, uh, the, the first question I want to ask you is how much fiber do we need? A day. A day. Did you get a handout? Can you read it? Okay. 30 to 50 grams of fiber a day. And we're going to talk about the different types of fiber in just a few minutes, but we're going to look at some foods and about how much fiber are in some of these foods. Now, the first thing that you see on there is beans, right? And so they win, they win the star when it comes to fiber. I did a, a diabetes reversal program in Marshall Islands. It was a study that was funded by the government. And uh, this was one of the magic ingredients in turning around diabetes in two weeks in our program. We gave them beans for breakfast. We gave them beans for lunch. And we gave them beans for supper. Beans, beans, beans. And it is good for your heart. Mm -hmm. It is good for your head. It is good for your body. Amen. It is excellent for your blood sugar. And we're going to talk about because it's high in soluble fiber. So you're going to get the highest fiber in the beans. Okay, we're looking at 30 to 50 grams of fiber for the day. Now, if I'm eating three meals a day, how much, what a, what's my target for at least how much fiber at each meal? At least 10 grams of fiber at a meal. And so there's a few labels, and I'm going to give a label, and I want you to look at it share it with somebody next to you, and just find dietary fiber, just do every other row. And after you look at it, pass it back to the next row so that you can find on the label. This is one of the most important things. There are new labels coming out, but this, I think this is one of the most important things to look at. Yeah, we want to look at sugar content and calories and all that, and we're going to do that with some foods up here. But uh, the, the fiber is really the secret. And it's actually found in the foods that don't have the labels on them more than anything else, right? The fruits and vegetables and whole grain. So um, after, uh, have, have you had a chance, a couple of you, to look at how many grams of fiber? So who has a cereal box that has three grams of fiber? Per serving. Per serving. And Does anybody really have goal, a cereal? My goal, my goal a is A cereal box that has three grams. Okay, would you just hold that up so we see what kind it is? Okay, that looks pretty healthy, multi-grain cereal. Now, uh, is three grams of fiber in a serving when you're looking for ten for the meal? I mean, how would you how would you rate that? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Yeah, my kids, we do the thumbs up, thumbs down. And for a child, actually. Three grams is a thumbs-up cereal. But for an adult, especially if you have diabetes or you're fight, if you're really working with this overweight, you want to get up there to the uh, five grams. Did you want to say something? I did. Uh, my goal, and, and for people with obesity and appetite issues, uh, is 15 grams per meal. 
Yes. And, so and that's 30, easy to 10 do. would be the minimum with yeah. 30 grams a day, yeah. but we really, our target is 50. But you don't want to go from 10 grams a day to 50 grams a day. We want to gradually increase the amount of fiber. So at I least did, 10 grams up to 15, I eat 20 plus at every meal. So anybody have a cereal with five grams of fiber in a serving? Okay, we got bran flakes over here. Yep, okay, anybody got uh, six grams? Six, and we've got some, is that shredded wheat? All right, that's six grams, and then wheat squares. Okay, well, are, you said so we're nine. getting a little bit higher in fiber Heavy, here. This is nine. This is that nine. one's nine. Okay, that's getting pretty high there. Anybody have something higher than nine? Okay, what you got there? Ten. This is called optimal, and then yours is get balanced, and it has ten. And if you can eat it, you got ten grams right e there. Ezekiel cereal, the Ezekiel brand cereals. So, uh, does anybody have something with less than three grams? Yeah, you'll get it. What do you got? Rice Krispies. Special K. Wimpy cereal. Corn flakes. Yeah, one wimpy gram of fiber. Let's everybody do this right now. <laughs> if you have to have corn flakes, Thumbs put a little down. sprinkle on your oatmeal. Uh, so you can mix some of these cereals. If you have children that love corn flakes, put a little bran flakes on the bottom and a little corn flakes on top and help, uh, help them get in that direction. Uh, but my first graders, they learn this and they go around and tell me about my, their thumbs up cereals. But, you know, the very best, well, I shouldn't say that yet. Okay, another choice, and a very good choice, would be the oats, right? Eating the whole grain cooked cereals. Uh, in this one, it says it's four grams and, um, and a cup of cooked oats. This is a trick question. Is it better to eat the whole grain cooked oats or the optimal cereal in the box? Eating the whole grain cooked cereal, the less refined, is always the best as it comes in nature. And I think that's what most of you do, right? How many of you are cooked cereal eaters? Most of you. But if on occasion you are choosing things from the boxes, make some good choices. And some people may have a, a bowl of cereal in a box for, for a light supper on a hot day or something like that. Well, Evelyn cooks a whole grains, a mixture of whole grains in her crock pot and then puts them in the freezer in little containers. And, if, and they're, they're really delicious cold. Yeah, what we they're have delicious. every morning at our house, yeah. my husband is in charge, and so we take else want to give me uh, oat groats. Do you know what oat groats are? The whole oats. Whole camu, which is a wheat. It's an older wheat that's coming back. And whole barley in equal amounts. Mix them together. And for each cup of those mixed grains, we do two and a half cups of water. We make a big crock pot full. And he has a timer. And that timer comes on at three in the morning and it cooks till six. And when we wake up around seven or so, Real nice hot cereal ready the first day. Then we have this big pot of cereal. Put it in the refrigerator. The next day, you bring it out, add a little soy milk to it. And if for some reason uh, we're going away or whatever, it freezes nicely. So it's a really, really quick, it's, all, it's a lot of the ideas like we're learning from Chef Mark uh, to, to do a batch. And then you have something every morning. The quickest breakfast you could ever make. You just put your fruit and your walnuts on top and you've got a really good 
breakfast going. So you're going to get fiber from beans, from whole grains, from fruits and vegetables, the highest being berries and cooked greens. Uh, but all of them have a special uh, contribution of phytochemicals and nutrients. So getting a variety of lots of different fruits and vegetables is a great idea. Uh, so I think what we're going to do next, uh, next is kind of go down the aisle before we get to soluble and insoluble. But Vicki has went to the grocery store and she found a lot of things that we can do some comparisons with uh, to find out, you know, when we're looking at labels, are we making the very best choices possible? So our very best choices are in the Department of Defense, right? Amen. The ones that do not have the labels on them. So stick close to that. Stick close to filling your cart with the good stuff. And then you're going to fill your refrigerator and your cabinet with the good stuff. And then that's going to fill you and your family with the good stuff. So what you have on hand and having it beautifully prepared and ready uh, is going to help you to enjoy it and make those quick meals uh, before you um, dash off to do something that you would regret later. So our target is at least 30 to 50 grams a day. And we do have some meal comparisons we're bringing up. But at the bottom of that handout, you can see that we have a kind of a meal schedule there where if you chose for breakfast um, some cereal, berries, and nuts, and I'm just throwing in there... Okay, we, we, I'm just throwing out there that if you were to decide to eat a fourth of a cup of beans for breakfast, that is pretty over the top, don't you think? Amazing. Anybody here ever eat a bean for breakfast? Ah, what kind of bean do you have for breakfast? Like a pinto bean? What other kind of bean? Black bean? Garbanzo. Garbanzo beans? My favorite, and when I learned this concept, when we were in Marshall Islands, this is what we did, and I, we reversed that diabetes in two weeks. It was pretty incredible. Um, I thought, wow, how am I going to do beans for breakfast? And one of my girlfriends was telling me, she says, well, I just rinsed my, my black beans, and, and I was eating like, you know, just eating them like medicine uh, before I had my oatmeal. And she said, one morning I decided just to dump those those black beans right on my oatmeal. And I thought to myself, Ugh. but you know, the next morning when I looked at those black beans, they were rinsed. I thought, I'm just going to dump that on my oatmeal. And it looked like raisins. <laughs> but the, and but the, but the and I had all the good stuff on, you know, I had grapes and bananas and strawberries and few raspberries and you you know you put all this great stuff on it and and it really was very tasty but the so way my, the way you make your oatmeal is so delicious it's not mushy it's not gooey it's very chewy and delicious you can do baked oatmeal bake it with some applesauce or chunks of apple uh, you can let it sit uh, and and it, it is just delicious add a little salt to the water so oatmeal in the typical way we think about it. and plus you want the we, you want the least processed oat flake um, so we'll doing, yeah. So yeah. when you have the whole oat, you have the oat growths. Then they cut them, right? And you get the steel cut oats. And then they steam them and roll them, cook them and roll them. Then you get your old-fashioned rolled oats. They cut them smaller, steam them a little more, and then you get the quick oats. Then they cook them and dry them, put them in little packages with a whole bunch of sugar, and then you add the hot water. 
And that's so an and oats that's are good in all forms, but the very best is the less processed, right? right. That would be the oat groats. Right. Uh, so just think about how you might work this into your life. But you may just want to think of it as therapeutic. And I'm going to rinse those garbanzos or I'm going to rinse those black beans. And maybe you want to heat them or maybe not. And just say, you know, I'm going to give this a try and just see what happens. Evelyn, what I like to do is I like to take a, garb a garbanzo bean, rinse the canned beans, and just season them in a savory. And, I, and that extra protein, the protein that is in that half a cup of garbanzos adds a tremendous amount of satiety or satisfaction. It, it, it delays the, re it, not only does it slow the emptying of the food, but it delays the return of hunger. So you're those of you who had those beans for breakfast, did you notice a more satiety? You don't get as hungry before the next meal. It also helps with that, I need a chocolate bar in the afternoon, or I need that ice cream at night. What we do earlier in the day, and yep. when we fill our body with the right mm -hmm. fiber, and it's we've true. got good plant protein, it helps to, it plays offense. It yep. gives your body what it needs so it doesn't scream for something later. And it's chasing all those bad boys out of your gut so that now you're going to start craving those good things. And when we develop, when we eat fiber, it actually becomes the food for those microorganisms. And they grow. And the more of those good bacteria that grow, the more they tell those taste buds, give me more beans, give me more grains. I want more of the fruits and vegetables. And so you start, when you get really hungry, you go, I can't wait to get home and have my lentil soup, instead of, I can't wait to have something else that you'd be sorry for later. Yes, black beans and sweet potatoes. So you were suggesting beans and sweet potatoes and greens for breakfast. Anybody here ever eaten such a thing for breakfast? Oh, there's a few of you strange ones. I mean, admit there. it, you've had pizza for breakfast, right? So <laughs> it's not that weird. So just thinking about what is it that you can do that will fit into your lifestyle, that you can up that fiber. And as you look at the meal plan that is outlined there um, of having those cereal and berries and, and nuts, this is, this is what's going to change your metabolism. That's right. It's going to change your brain health Amen. for that day. So we're going to get to the nuts and seeds at another time. But, you know, you're ending up with about 25 grams of fiber just for breakfast. Amen. And so you're on the, on a right, you're on the right track there. Yes. Yes. I, what I'm trying to show you is that for 1,200 calories, there's a whole lot of food here. Now, absolutely. Yes, this is just to show the, the basic. Now, what we do, we want to add some fats to this. But it depends on, you know, how, how much uh, leeway do you have? And you know, you could even throw in a hundred calories of a, a free food or something, something that is a, um, maybe you would consider a treat. But this is just the bare thing. And how many calories do you know, how, how do you figure out how many calories you need to lose weight, take how much you weigh, and add a zero? Would you say that again, Evie? I'm sorry. Take how much you weigh. I weigh 150, 1,500 calories. I weigh 180, 1,800 calories. If you eat that much, you start to lose weight. And then when you lose weight, you have to change the number again 
and keep going down. But what is interesting is it's the type of foods. It's not just the calories, That's but right. it's the type of foods. That's right. And when you eat these high fiber foods, a lot of these are burned up during digestion. Some of these calories, about 20% of them, uh, as they are being digested. So there's, there's great value in eating more. And anything, and, and anything that contributes to fatty liver is going to inhibit weight loss. Anything that makes your stress hormones go up is going to cause free fatty acids to be released from your liver, and, the, and, and then those triglycerides will, will form from the carbons that aren't getting into the cells, and boom, you're getting mid-body fat. So, so it, what Evelyn is saying is really very serious, that the kind of calories... So when I put walnuts, those walnuts on my, on my cereal in the morning, Evelyn, I don't think of it the same as putting chocolate chips. Uh, it's a completely different form of, of uh, energy type of that fat. is going to lower inflammation, increase satiety, and it's just such a big difference on metabolism and the ability to achieve and maintain a healthy weight. Mm -hmm. And having healthy fats helps with the satiety and yes. keeps you, keeps you uh, satisfied longer. Yeah. So one of the, and I think Dr. Zeno mentioned this, that having a handful of nuts, actually I think he mentioned two uh, servings at least a day. And we know that from the, uh, the Adventist Health Study too. Also, that uh, adding nuts, it reduces inflammation, lowers risk of heart disease. So these are the foods that have... God has designed. So why don't you come up here? Well, we have breakfast items. Boy, did I have fun at Meyer's today. Vicki went to Meyer. I did. So uh, let's start with let's so start with this nasty looking bun over here. We've got breakfast items all the way to about here, Ev. Okay, here we have a bun. How many calories do you think might be in this? That's an apple fritter. Nasty looking, isn't it? It's how many calories? <laughs> It is actually 400. It's, a, it's 420. If this actually is a big fritter, it's probably more like 450. Uh-huh. And then, how many apples could you eat for the calories in one of these types of things? I don't know how to juggle. <laughs> how many is this? <laughs> so that's a lot of chew value there, isn't it? Evelyn, there's a really interesting study. Uh, there were a, a control group was given the of, of overweight women, they were given the instruction. The only instruction that they were given was to eat either two apples or two pears a day. No other lifestyle change, no other instructions. They lost an average of seven pounds a month. Why do you think that would be? Tell me. Why would they be losing seven pounds just from adding something to their diet? The dietary fiber was eliminating the urge for other kinds of foods. It was the fill-up factor. And these uh, apples have pectins. They're a great source of soluble fiber. It's a type of soluble fiber that we'll be talking about that actually have incredible brain benefits. So it actually acts on the cerebellum of the brain and increases balance, it increases memory. Um, Even just, so. the, just the chewing motion is, is a benefit to your brain and helps to reduce stress. Yeah, they're also rich in, they're rich in what's called elagic acid, and, and Dane used to call it elastic acid because they, it's very, very good for brain health, the, these beautiful uh, fibers that are in these apples. Okay, I, I, know they, I know they don't eat these things. This, yeah. You know what this is? Okay, so the comparison on this, Evelyn, the comparison on this was oh, two. Oh, I was in the part, top part. Oh, Pop I'm starts. sorry. Yeah, this is kind of a, all, the whole thing. But I just, my starting piece 
for my research on this one, Evelyn, was two cookies. Two little tiny cookies. So these two cookies. Not very big. No, are 170 right. calories. All right, 170 calories for is these it, two cookies. Is it worth it? Ask yourself, is it worth it? Yeah, so that would be the same as about two of these, these or one little package of these granola, these Nature Valley granola bars. Or it would be. This would be like the calories in a whole meal. Or one, not two, but one of these little Pop-Tarts. It's 200. Now, just to give you an idea how this works with these sugary foods, do you remember, Evelyn, how many calories one M&M is? No. Five? Ten. One okay. M&M. I mean, you know, you've, we, we see these guys with these pound bags in their cup holder. <laughs> you know, they're driving around eating these M&Ms. 12 M&Ms then would be how many calories? 120. If you have consumed all of the calories beyond your metabolic needs and you have not expended uh, enough energy to, to metabolize that 120 calories, that's a half an hour on a treadmill, 12 M&Ms. So when we're talking about these kinds of calories, this is a lot of extra calories that you are adding. As I said before, almost 600 calories a day extra that we are eating every day over and above our grandparents, and this is the kind of food that really packs it on, and you don't even feel it, because why? Why don't you feel it? There's no fiber in it, and it's increasing what? Hunger signaling. That's right. An extra 500 a day is a pound a week. Now, this is really awesome. This was really fun for me, Evelyn. Uh, so if 170 calories, what would that look like in, from the produce department? Look at this. It looks like a very large banana and 25 strawberries. Isn't that just absolutely That's amazing? 200. Oh, okay. Or a banana and three peaches. And that's just an amazing blessing, isn't it, to be able to get these foods. Now, I thought this was interesting, Evelyn. When, when we grab things off the shelf without really checking what, what we're doing, so if you are health conscious and you wanted to make a better choice, would you choose... Uh, this snack pack vanilla pudding, or would you choose? Uh, this is a sweetened applesauce. Would you use a Mott's, Would you choose a Mott's applesauce or this snack pack pudding? What would you choose? Just grabbing it off the shelf. Which one would be better? All right. Well, I will tell you that the sugar-added applesauce. Yes, it's a better choice. It is uh, because there are a couple of other components in it, but the calorie content is the same. So when you get an unsweetened applesauce, and I got the wrong shape of the container, but the unsweetened is half the calories because it's just apples. So just pay attention. When we're grabbing off the shelf, we're in a hurry. Make sure that you get the unsweetened form, and that will make a big difference. Just, a, just a, you know, cutting the calories in half is going to give you more energy. It's going to give the energy that you are taking better access to the cells. That's what that sugar problem does is it inhibits access of the sugar into the cell. So it's a big battle that we've got to win. Okay, now we have some all bran, and the all bran happens to have 11 grams of fiber, and this would be a serving, or one cup. This is one cup, right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty this much. This is a cup. Yeah. Okay. And so this is a granola. It's uh, a honey-roasted granola, and it is 220 calories per serving, and this is a serving. So do you see the difference? And this is the same number of calories. Now, if you absolutely have to have a little of this flavoring, what could you do? When you, what could you do? You could just sprinkle a tiny bit, and you will get that mouthfeel. You'll get that flavor, but you are actually ingesting great dietary fiber. 
And now this I thought was very, very interesting, Evelyn. Tell us about this. This is a very healthy looking package. It's a, it's a package where you just put the hot water in and you're going to have an oat breakfast. It's maple pecan from Umpqua, whatever that means. So this is going to make a half a cup. Half a cup. And you're going to get 300 calories because of everything they've added to it. Whereas a cup, two cups, a cup of this would be 140 calories. So that's 300. So two and cups of cup. oats would be the same. Yeah. Okay, so you see the difference. We're going for fiber, we're going for satiety. And if you want to make this amazing, what do you do to make it taste amazing? You add some berries, you add some different kinds of berries, adds a handful of, of walnuts, uh, put a little bit of soy milk or some other type of milk that, that you like. Now, I thought this was interesting. This is a cracker, Evelyn, that I really enjoy uh, when I'm doing crackers. I keep my crackers in the freezer because I don't eat a lot of them all the time, but I actually apportion myself how many crackers I'm going to have. I eat a very, very light supper. I have a sedentary lifestyle with all the research I do and all that type of thing. I get exercise every day, but um, I don't eat two huge meals. I eat modest meals for breakfast and lunch. And my dinner size plate, do you know what size my dinner plate is? It's a saucer. It's a saucer. That's my dinner. And so I may have a, a serving. This is of, a serving. I may have a serving of crackers with some apple and, and, a, few, and a handful of nuts, something like that. And this, this, these crackers are called Mary's, Mary's Gone Crackers. Mary's Gone. They're loaded with seeds. They're, they're at Myers, 3 grams per serving, and 140 calories. That's, that's just a really terrific cracker. This cracker is a club cracker, and it's 70 calories just for four crackers. Right. So if we had 140, uh, so 70 calories for four. Zero grams of fiber. How does that work? How do you... You know, there's more fiber in the box, okay? I don't know how they do it. I actually do not know how they do it. Uh, so this also has three grams of protein, which is very nice. This has less than one gram. So all the way around, you are metabolically, you're feeding your metabolism, you're feeding satiety, you're feeding cellular health. And so you're going to dial, dial down cravings. Dial down. You know what Evelyn does when we're dining together? When she, she knows that she's done, she throws her napkin over her plate. She just throws her, it signals her brain that she's done. I pray, done. I, I pray, I suffer, I grab the table, I... You know, get a mint, you know, do, do whatever you have to do until it's just natural, right? What about beans? Okay, we've got some, what do you think are in the baked beans? These are brown sugar hickory. Brown sugar hickory. <laughs> Sounds like a southern thing. Doesn't and then we have some kidney beans. What do you think you're going to find here? A lot of sugar. Almost three, uh, five teaspoons of sugar here in a serving. Four, yeah, that's right. Yep. And so, of course, no sugar added here. And, of course, it's going to increase the calories almost double. Yeah, it almost doubles the calories. I think that's interesting. And, and we just really want to pay attention not just to calories but to content. And so uh, good, these are good protein sources, these wonderful beans, but we want to get them in the right form. This is a serving, an ounce of peanuts which will give you some really good protein, seven grams of protein, uh, which is about what's in a cup of milk, if you wanted to do a comparison there. Um, and um, They're a legume, 
They, they just really help with satiety. I'll High take, fiber. I'll take a, a nice whole grain or multi-grain wrap and I'll get those mixed kale chopped salads that have chopped Brussels sprouts and all these great chopped vegetables and some julienne carrots and broccoli slaw. I'll put it in a wrap with some peanuts or some cubed tofu and a little bit of lemon, a drizzle of olive oil. And I'm here to tell you, there is, that, that I can bypass all the restaurants to get home to that. It is so delicious. And uh, it just vitalizes your entire system, and you get to you get to actually chew. There's a chewing factor uh, that For actually satiety. that act, yeah, that actually releases bonding hormones. Mm -hmm. So oxytocin. When when Jesus compares dining with us in spiritual fellowship, he says, "I will sup with you," and it's a process that creates a very warm bonding. And so, as we have these beautiful foods in front of us, it reminds us of. Uh, of the spiritual element of fullness. I remember when the Lord healed me of the bulimia, he said, you can be full. I want you to be full. We are a hungry people. The diet we eat makes us hungry. We're hungry for fellowship. We're hungry for companionship. We're hungry for something that we don't have and we can only find it in Christ and in other people whose hearts have been warmed by the spirit of God, amen? And he doesn't God want you to hunger. God wants us to enjoy our food. That's right. Hey, this really surprised me today. Uh, the Velveeta, this is a Velveeta dinner, and one serving, there are two and a half servings in here, so the calorie of one serving of this little cheesy macaroni is 410 calories, and a serving is a cup, dudes and dudettes, a cup, okay? So we, we would do the box, right? I mean, come on, this is a cup of noodles, really? And 1,000 milligrams of sodium, yeah, half so, a teaspoon. So we have a, an, a quinoa quick meal here that is uh, one package, but because of the, the very, very rich pesto that goes in it, it's 460 calories for that. As compared to the quinoa that's plain. Yeah. And then we have some other great sources of protein that I just really love. I thought this was interesting. Let me look at the calorie count here. We're looking at what? 100 calories. 100 calories. Ounce. Okay. This... Can you see what I have in my hand? It's, a, it's an ounce of cheese and it's 100 calories. Okay, how much fiber is in this? No, and it's constipating. Uh, so you, you've got this tiny, tiny, one square inch of cheese and this is hummus. a, this is a lovely, hummus. this is a lovely black bean hummus. Can you imagine that in your tortilla? With the uh, same with amount of calories. The same yeah. amount of calories right That's here. Good. You've got, yeah, three quarters of a cup. And then this is awesome. I have some of this in my hotel room, and this will be joining it tonight. This is a teriyaki baked tofu, absolutely fabulous. You can slice it and put it in your sandwich. Or uh, I, I actually use wraps a lot or, or pita. Um, but this is the same amount of calories as this little square inch. And, and soy is a bean. And it's a wonderful bean at that. And so do you see how just these little choices can make such a big, big difference in your so life? So when you're thinking about creating a meal, you're thinking fiber. How, am I getting enough fiber? And if you get hungry like two hours later, you look back and you go, hmm, did I get enough fiber in yeah. my meal? I'm always thinking 15s. At I least want, I want 15 grams of fiber at every meal, and I want 15 grams of protein, and that just really fixes. Now, what's the most surprising thing that you have seen here today? What's the most surprising to you? What's more surprised? The most surprising thing you've seen on this table? Most surprising comparison? The cheese? Yeah, I know. It's so scary. You know, we can do a whole brick, right? What else? What else is surprising? Yeah, this, this is the most surprising to me, is the two cookies versus a banana and 25 strawberries. That's just amazing to me. 
Um, and Evelyn actually checked on me on that one. She didn't believe me. <laughs> so we are. Uh, we check out each other. Yeah. Anyway, this is the beginning of what uh, we want to share with you. We're going to continue tomorrow. We're going to talk more about fats tomorrow, controlling appetite. Uh, but we want to ask you just to be very, very uh, curious about what are in the foods that you're, that you're eating and what types of things are you, are you choosing. And as you, uh, one, of the, one of the things that can be really helpful is to write down what you're eating. And we can take a look at that. So if you want to keep track or you remember what you ate today and you want to kind of keep track, we can uh, do some guessing on how much fiber that you're getting. Yeah, I'm going to interject something, though, because some researchers have discovered that we actually, even when we're only recording for ourselves, we under-report what we put in our mouths by 50%, and we over-report how much we are exercising by 50%. We actually do this to ourselves. So okay, how many of you are going to try to get more fiber before tomorrow? Yes. And a 10-minute walk after a meal. Going to try to do that at least once before you come back tomorrow? Yes. Let's bow our heads. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.